This is Transforming Truth with the life-changing Word of God that heals, delivers, fills you with the Holy Spirit, all for your supernatural walk in Christ. Stay tuned for Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer. And good morning, Detroit. This is Reverend Chris Palmer here on the Transforming Truth radio broadcast. It's Saturday night, it's 12.15, and that means that you are tuned in to the right station. And I want to tell you, don't touch that dial, as I believe God has a supernatural plan to change your life, to bring transformation to you, and to walk you out of everything that you might uh, be allowing to make you feel miserable tonight. You know, uh, you could have just made the worst decision of your life. You could be depressed. You could be upset. But I want you to know, friend, that there is one in the Word of God that promises to stand as closer to you than any brother. There's one in the Word of God that says that He will not leave you nor forsake you, and that is the Lord Jesus. We live in a time where so many people misunderstand God. They think that He's mad, that He's angry, or that He's upset. But understand this, that if there's air in your lungs and there's blood pumping through your heart, that means that God loves you and He's forbearing. And whatever it is that you are doing that you don't like, and that you want out of. God loves you and believes that you could be totally set free and totally delivered. So I want you to stay tuned tonight as I believe that the Spirit of God wants to bring transformation to your life through the blood of Jesus and through the power of the Holy Ghost. Me and my board operator tonight when I came in, we were kind of in a goofy mood. We were laughing and we were talking about how tonight I was at the mall and before I came in here, and I saw Christmas decorations, and it's September 21st, and I thought, my God, there's Christmas decorations going up. So you know what? We're going to do something tonight. We're going to beat everybody, and we're going to do a Christmas song tonight. Yes, I know, but we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus before it's Christmas. And I told someone, I said, you know, Christmas is not even in the Bible. Actually, what's in the Bible is the birth of Jesus, and we can celebrate that at any time because His coming means our redemption. We're going to celebrate <laughs> the redemption of Jesus tonight. Um, long before it's Christmas time. So we're going to do that. Uh, also, I want to let you know we're live tonight. I'm live in the studio, 313-838-1035. Uh, I was in San Francisco last weekend preaching, but I'm here this weekend. So 313-838-1035. If you have prayer, you have a praise report, you have a testimony, you have a Bible question, you want to call in or you need deliverance or you want to give your heart to Jesus Christ, I want you to call in tonight, 313 838 1035, uh, and we'll be in the studio for the next hour. So I want to hear from you. 313-838-1035. Before we get into the Word of God tonight and see what the Spirit of God has for us, uh, I want to announce that we will be doing uh, Friday, October 25th, Friday, November 1st, Friday, November 8th, and Friday, November 15th. That's four Friday nights in a row. We'll be doing the Believer's Journey uh, at 7.30 p.m. nightly at the Hilton Garden Inn in Novi, Michigan, across from the Imagine Theater. Now you might say, well, what's the Believer's Journey? Well, I'm glad you asked. We will be doing four nights of anointed teaching, preaching, and worship and prayer at the Hilton Garden Inn. And uh, I recently released our very first book, and I'm going to be teaching that book on those four nights, and we might even extend it even longer than four nights. But I want you to come because I believe that the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost is going to be there to touch and to change your life. We're a ministry 
that believes in the authority of God, the authority of the believer. We believe in you being led by the Spirit, and we believe that you can be so full of the Holy Ghost that it's overflowing in your life that you can be touched by his presence change you need deliverance or you need someone that needs a healing touch someone that's believing god for the supernatural in their life come people have been healed of asthma people have been healed of depression people have been healed of all sorts of things in these services and so uh you can even uh call and call them and ask them but god's touched their life and so i want you to come and i want you to bring somebody if uh, Friday, October 25th, Friday, November 1st, Friday, November 8th, and Friday, November 15th at 7.30 p.m. at the Hilton Garden Inn in Novi, Michigan, across the street from the Imagine Theater. And so it's free. There's no registration necessary. Just want you to come and be touched and changed by the presence and the power of God. Amen. Also, before we get started tonight, I want to let you know and remind you that our book, The Believer's Journey, I say our book, I mean my book, The Believer's Journey, God's Path of Transformation is out, and it's available on Amazon.com. So go to Amazon.com and type in The Believer's Journey, or you can search Chris Palmer. You can get it on your Kindle. You can get it in book form. You can get it any which way you like, and it is available now, and it will change your life, I promise you. Uh, as you continue to read and go through that, and it will give you a new idea about what the gospel is about. Not a new idea, but it will reestablish what the Lord wants you to see from his word. Before we get started, we'll go to the phones tonight. We have Scott. Scott, uh, you are on the uh, broadcast. We have 30 seconds before we get in. What can we do for you? Yeah, I'd just like to uh, comment, you guys, on your uh, services. You guys have the greatest gospel station uh, in um, Detroit and Michigan. Okay. Um, I uh, put you guys on every night before I go to sleep. And, awesome. Um, and I really love that song, uh, Open the Window to Your Heart. Awesome, Scott. Well, we appreciate it. You know, we thank you. We thank you for listening. Okay, Scott, God bless you. Okay, let's get into our teaching tonight. I want to talk tonight about the born-again journey. There are a lot of people today, they don't understand when you say the word being born again, what exactly that means. People say to themselves, uh, you must be born again. John chapter 3, Jesus told Nicodemus who came to him, in order to enter into the kingdom, you must be born again. And so uh, I was in a restaurant reading the word of God the other day. Someone said to me, what are you? Are you Christian? I said, yes, I'm a born again Christian. They said, what does that mean? So I want to talk tonight about what it means to be born again. Uh, but it says here in Romans chapter 6 and verse 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you. One of the very first things that we need to understand in our lives for us to really walk in victory, that we have to first grasp as believers, is that sin does not have dominion over us. Anything that we have been set free from, if we continue to justify it, that we've taken away from the Holy Spirit and what he needs to set us free with. So sin, the first thing that as believers in Jesus we have to get under our belt is to recognize that there is no sin, there is no temptation, there is nothing that Christ set us free from that can come back on us and try to lure us back into those things. We've been totally, completely set free from the power of temptation, the power of sin, and this includes all 
of sin's counterparts, which includes sickness, disease, poverty, lack, depression, or anything else that accompanies spiritual death. You say, well, Brother Palmer, I don't know how you could possibly say that. You say, I struggle with sin all the time. You say, Brother Palmer, I don't know how you could probably say that. You know, God uses sin to test us. Well, no, no, sin is not one of God's tools that he uses to test you. Those are tools and devices of the enemy. As a matter of fact, the word of God has been given to you. The spirit of God has been given to you. So that you could begin to receive illumination, understanding, and revelation of who you are in Christ. Now, that is the coordinate point from which everything begins in your life. Is when you begin to study or know from the scripture who you are in Christ. I meet so many people as a minister and a preacher. They're angry at God. They're upset at Him. They really don't know what they believe about God. They think that God is up there with a beard and a lightning bolt ready to jam it down their throat for everything that they did. And they don't realize that the Word of God is about your identity and finding out who you have become. The Word of God is about your redemption into Christ. It's about how God sent His only Son, Jesus, to die for you. And you say, why did He do that? Because the whole point of the Gospel was to get you back into the family of God and to get you back to becoming an adopted son or daughter of the living Jesus. And when you become adopted back into the family of God, what He does is He puts upon your life power, He puts upon your life authority to walk above all the things that you have been redeemed from, all the things that He set you free from, and that includes demons, that includes the things that torment you, the things that cause you to look in the mirror and hate yourself, He has totally set you free from those things. And so really to walk in victory over those things, we have to begin to transform to the fact that none of these things now, when we're in Christ, have dominion over us. That's what it says in Romans chapter 6, 14. So if we start justifying something and saying that it's stronger than us, well, it really isn't. It doesn't hold any more power than what you have. As a matter of fact, when you give your heart to Jesus and you make him the Lord of your life, to suggest that something has more power than he has in your life is to suggest that it's the Lord. And it's not. He is the Lord of your life. When you give your heart to Jesus and you say, Jesus... I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. When you call Him Lord, you're saying you are the strongest authority in my life. And whatever comes along and whatever stands in front of me, nothing has more power than your Lordship in my life. And it doesn't matter if the greatest temptation comes along and tries to pull me aside. Nothing can rip me away from the fact that you have supreme authority in my life. And when we transform ourselves to this fact, this is when we will really begin to walk out those things. But, how can you begin your transformation in understanding this? Well, let me show you something. Let's go here to Romans chapter 8, verse number 13. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8 and verse 13. <clears throat> and it says here, in the 13th verse of Romans chapter 8, For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so, it says in Romans 8.13, For if you live after the flesh, you'll die. But if you live through the Spirit, and do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. This Spirit, in Romans 8.13, is referring to your reborn human spirit. Which we'll see in just a little bit. But something happened to you, friend, when you gave your heart to Jesus. You are a spirit. You live in a body. You have a soul. But when you gave your heart to Jesus, the old man, or there was the old spirit that you had inside you. You were born with that under Adam. When you gave your heart to Jesus, that spirit that caused you to live in sin, that caused you to do things, that spirit literally died. Now, people all over the world, they're upset, they're depressed, and they're looking for hope. And what they don't realize is they need freedom from the sinful man that's in them. That's why they're unhappy. Because they can't escape the sinful side of themselves. And what Paul is saying is that when you get born again, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and you give your heart to Jesus, this man, according to Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, he says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but the Spirit of Christ liveth in me. He's saying that his old man was crucified with Jesus. But now through the regenerating power of God and through the power of the Holy Spirit, this, old man, this, this, this reborn spirit was birthed inside of you and you no longer live unto sin and you're no longer servant unto those temptations and the devil that caused you and tempted you to do those things, but you are now a servant and you are now a child of the living God and you no longer live unto those things. You live unto the Holy Spirit. And so, he's saying, don't live after the flesh. But live after the Spirit. Don't live after what that old man used to live after. Make a decision to walk as a recreated spirit. Walk out that new nature that you have in Christ. So the Holy Ghost is able now to lead you out of that new nature because you become a mature son in whom Sin no longer rules over, but you begin to rule over it. Many people today, they're Christians, <clears throat> but they don't understand this fact. Now you're saying, Brother Palmer, that you're just perfect and you don't sin. No, all I'm saying is that it's possible for you to go your whole life without falling into sin if you stay in the Spirit 100% of the time. That's how much power and authority that you have. But you have to continue to stay in the Spirit. You have to continue to walk close to the Holy Ghost. And you have to continue to allow Jesus to be the Lord over your life. But <clears throat> there's a lot of times people have this mentality. Oh, we just got to fall to sin. Oh, we just got to allow sickness to overtake us. Oh, we just have to allow this, that, and the other. No, 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 no. You don't have to live defeated child of God you can live reborn you can live through the power of the spirit and that's what Jesus came to save you from I remember when I was <clears throat> I don't know I think it was this past Thanksgiving I was uh, in a restaurant with a friend and that friend was talking to me and this particular individual didn't believe in the Lord 
As a matter of fact, they told me they were atheists. And I said, really? You're an atheist? You don't even believe God exists? They said, no, I really don't believe at all in God. And I said, wow. And then we were talking about things and... Um, then I saw this particular individual again in December, a month later, and that was after the Sandy Hook shooting that happened in, I think it was Delaware. And they told me, well, where was God when all this happened? And I said, wait a second. I said, you told me you don't believe in God, but now you want to suggest that you believe in God and blame him when something bad happens, but you don't acknowledge him when good things happen? And they said, well, yeah. And they said, why do you, why do you even believe? In, I mean, what? let me ask you this question. Chris, why don't you think that it's... Why, why do you just, you know, practice abstinence? Why, you, why is it that you tell people that, or why does God say in the Bible that you can't have sex before marriage? And I said, well, what do you mean? <laughs> and she said, well, what if, what if, you know, I, you know, hooked up with someone one night and, you know, they agreed that we both mutually agreed that we're just not going to uh, go any farther with this and this is just a one night thing and that's it. And that's it. I mean, what's the harm in doing that? And I said, well, this is what you don't understand. Ideas have consequences and actions have consequences. Now, listen, I said, if you think that way and that person thinks that way and you have one night together, I said, you're looking at from a very small scale and from a very small perspective. But I said, think about it. Everybody was allowed to think that way. And you had seven billion people on the planet thinking that way. I said, and then everybody thought that way on another weekend and another day of the week. So everybody's thinking that way 52 weeks out of the year. I said, what's going to start to happen is because of lack of responsibility, diseases are going to start getting passed. People are going to come with unwanted pregnancies. There's going to be abortions. There's going to be all sorts of things. And I said, and so as a result of selfishness, it's going to create problems. It's going to create issues. And it's going to bring unwanted woe into the world because of lack of restraint. And I said, and this is the biggest problem with mankind, and that is our selfishness. And that's part of the old man and the old nature that you are born into the earth with, is that you are born with an old nature. You're born under the power of sin. But I told her, and that's why I serve Jesus. That's why... I've given my heart to him. And she says, well, what do you mean? I said, because Jesus came to save us from ourselves. He came to save you from the part of yourself that you don't like. And that's that selfish part. The great, when you look at the fall of Lucifer in the Bible, the Bible says that Lucifer was lifted up with pride because he wanted to be like the Most High God. He wanted to ascend up into heaven, and he wanted to replace God. And that was pride, but that pride is based in selfishness. When you look back in the decisions that you've made in your life, where you regret those decisions, or you say, I wish I would have never made that decision, or that was a bad decision that I made, think about it for a second, and think about where was the root of selfishness in there. Did it have something to do with maybe satisfying something inside of you or satisfying your flesh or was it selfish and if you think about the greatest times where you've gotten yourself into a mess i can promise you it came out of selfishness and that is what jesus christ came to set you free from 
and that is your love of yourself. And that's what he talks about when he says in Scripture that sin shall not have dominion over you or you no longer live after the flesh. And that is you are no longer living after the desire to please yourself. He can set you free from that. You know, we have a mentality today in our society, if it feels good, do it. Or if you want to do it, go ahead and allow yourself whatever you think feels good. Just go ahead and do it. And that's the way to live. But that's not true because people that talk that way don't understand that everything that you do is going to reap a consequence to it. The Bible calls it seed time and harvest. Everything that you do, according to Galatians chapter 6, is going to produce a harvest with it. And so you have to understand that every decision that you make, every action that you make is going to produce something in your life. And most of the depression that we have, most of the fear that you may find in your life, most of the sickness or the illness that you have that you can't shake, a lot of that has to do with decisions that we've made being led not of the Spirit, but being led by that flesh. So God looked at Jesus when man fell. In Genesis chapter 2. And he says. We have to go ahead. And redeem him. Jesus says I'll go. And he gave himself. 4,000 years after the creation of man. Jesus Christ came in the flesh. And he gave himself a living sacrifice. His blood was shed for you. So that you could have complete redemption. From the very part of you. That. You. Without him cannot be delivered and free from. And that is that old nature. Now I want to talk about this according to John chapter 3. Let me show you here. It says in John chapter 3, in verse number 1, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This was a religious man. It was somebody that was part of the Sanhedrin council. And he came to Jesus by night because he didn't want other religious leaders knowing that he was going to Jesus because they were the enemies of Jesus. And he said, teacher, we know that you're a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with them. Jesus answered and said unto him, truly I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said unto him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Now this is where Nicodemus gets it wrong. When Jesus says be born again, he was thinking about a natural birth. But Jesus was not referring to a natural birth because the real part of you that is living is not necessarily your body. The real you is not the shell that you live in. Your body, as a matter of fact, is only alive because your spirit, the life of you, is animating that body. But the moment that your spirit separates from your body, your body falls to the ground as a lifeless mass of dust. I was talking to someone recently and I said, how do doctors describe life? What is li- What is it? They said, well, they, you know, it has to do with the brain. And I said, no, 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 no. I said, because... <clears throat> because even when someone dies, the brain's still there. How do they describe life? I mean, when you look into someone's eyes and you see them alive, and then they die, and you look into their eyes again, and you don't see that life there. How do they describe it? Well, there's really no textbook explanation for it. I said, because science can't pinpoint the spirit, because it's beyond this realm. What Jesus was talking about is that you have a 
spirit inside you. And this spirit, the moment that you are born, is born in sin. It's born with a genetic code to it that has a proclivity to do bad, to want to do wrong, and to satisfy the side of you that's going to get you into trouble, and that's your selfish nature. <laughs> Someone said to me one time, can you believe those people in Hollywood doing all that sin? Some religious person. I just can't believe them. All that sin, they're doing sin, sin, sin. Sleeping around and going there. Can you believe that? And I said, as a matter of fact, I can believe it. And what do you mean? I said, I don't condemn them for that, actually. You don't condemn them? I says, nope. I says, I have nothing to say about the world living in sin. Because Jesus didn't come to condemn the sinner. He says that he was a, the, him being the great physician, he said that he was sent <clears throat> not to the well, but to the sick. You as a child of God, you're not sent to people that are already well. You're sent to the world, people that don't know Jesus, that are looking to be reconciled to him. You can't condemn sinners for sinning. That's their nature. They're living according to their nature. And I said, hey, I don't condemn them. I said, I just want to show them the love of Jesus. I said, as a matter of fact, I said, dogs bark, cows moo. Ducks quack and sinners, well, they sin. Who can condemn them for doing that? I said, the greater is, you need to be, the focus is, you got to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Be full of His power so that you can represent the Lord Jesus. And so they can receive Him and be reconciled to the Father. But He came to set you free from that. So what Jesus was talking about is that when you're born into the earth, in order for you to begin to operate in the kingdom of God and to do things the way that God does them is that your nature has to be altered and has to be changed there's times people come to me and they say I just you know Chris when I look in the mirror I just don't like that person that I see can I be delivered from that person yes as a matter of fact you can that's why I'm telling you tonight friend you're listening and you're feeling condemned you're listening, you really feel that God is angry at you. But you know, <clears throat> today, this morning, when I was getting ready, the Lord shared something with me. And He told me, He said, Son, people that think I am angry at them are usually those who are angry at me. I said, Wow. He says, When you feel or somebody feels that I'm angry at them, what that usually means is somewhere along the line, they're angry at me. And what that means is that the devil has gotten between, or the devil or circumstances or something, has gotten between you and your view of how God sees you. And one of the greatest things the enemy does in our lives to keep God, or keep you from being reconciled unto God, is to try to skew your view of who God is, and he made it very clear in the New Testament that the way that he wants you to see him is he wants you to see him as your father. Because God is omnipotent, he's omnipresent, he's omniscient, he's all-powerful, he's sovereign, and he can reveal himself to you as he wants. He could have revealed himself to you as a tyrant. He could have revealed himself to you as, a, as somebody who was mean or harsh. He could have revealed whatever he wanted, but he chose to reveal himself to you as a father. If you didn't have a good father, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for that. But a, re, a good father, a loving father, a kind father, 
someone that is caring. He's always there. A father that will guide you, lead you. He will chastise you and help you to grow. He will develop you, be there for you, give you his time, and he'll father you. That's how he wants you to see him. So the enemy wants you to, to come along and paint this picture of an unloving God. God that dislikes you. A God that's always on you. And then I was blessed with a wonderful father. And I can tell you the times when I was in school or wherever and I got myself into trouble. Well, it wasn't pleasing to him. But that didn't take me and grab me by the neck and throw me into the garage and, and leave me there all night. I still got to sleep in my bed at night. He didn't throw me out of the house and take away my papers and rip them up and say, you're no longer a Palmer. Sorry, you got a detention today. You're no longer a Palmer. He still loved me. And that's how your father is. But there is an adoption that he wants to take place in your life. See, you're born into the earth. You're born distanced and separated from your father. You're not born as a child of him. The Bible says in John chapter 8, 34, that when people are born into the earth, they're born separated from him. They're not part of the family of God. The only access into him, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except through me. What he's really talking about is that nobody can receive the adoption of the family of God unless you receive the work that I did on the cross and that is I shed my blood for you so that you can be adopted into the family of God so when you receive Jesus by believing on him what he does is you receive access into the family of God and this is called being born again look what it says in John chapter 3 verse 6 that which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you must be born again. The wind blows where it lists. And you hear the sound and canest not tell whether it comes or whether it goes. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. He's not talking about being born of the flesh. He's talking about being born of the spirit so he's saying your spirit must be born again because in the first birth your spirit was born but it was born distance from God and he's saying that when you receive the work of Jesus your spirit can be born a second time and you can be born into his family you still vague on what this means let me help you I thank God that he sent us Jesus and I thank God that we can be born again. Because I can tell you we're living in a world today and what people need to hear is they need to hear the fact that if you hate yourself and you dislike the way you've lived, God's not mad. He just says get born again. Become part of my family. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can go to bed tonight, friend. Knowing that the person that... <laughs> used to do all those crazy things and live the way it lived is gone has died the death the same death that Jesus died that old man you can put it to death and you can receive Jesus and you can be born of his life you can go to bed tonight and lay your head down and close your eyes and you can know that you know that you know that you are 
part of the family of God, and you are no longer the same. It says in John, excuse me, First Peter, chapter one, twenty-three, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. When you become a son of God or daughter of God, you're born from above and born of an incorruptible seed. This word seed in the Greek is the word spora. It's where we get the word seed or it's where we get the word sperm. And so what Paul is telling, excuse me, what Peter is telling you in the scripture is that the minute that you're born of God, your spirit is fertilized with the incorruptible seed of God. And at that moment, you literally receive the genetic structure spiritually of your father, which is in heaven. Now, that doesn't make you God. You can't replace God, but you can represent him here on the earth as someone that has literally been born of him. That means when you walk into some place. And someone says, there's something different about you. You have a glow in your eye. It looks like you just have peace all over your countenance. You can say, yep, what you're looking at is the seed of the living God that's living in my life. You're looking at the life of God living inside you. And the more you begin to tap your identity as this child of God, the freer you will become. And this is the job of the Holy Spirit to do that, okay, it's like living, it's like being born into a family that's very wealthy. You get born into a, you know, we just saw the royal baby born several months ago. Now that baby is a child, has no idea who he is. That baby was born and people were taking pictures of it, putting it in magazines, every grocery store I went in just to buy a candy bar. There's that baby. Again, I got to see it. I go on Twitter, pictures of that baby everywhere. I just couldn't stop seeing it. And that baby has no idea who he is. Or was it a she? I think it was a he. And, uh, <laughs> and so this is what happens when you're born into the family of God. But think about the tragedy. If this baby is born into, was it Will and Kate, Prince William and uh, Princess Kate's family? And his understanding never deepens. So he gets older, but he never figures out that he's part of the royal family. It never dawns on him every time they go into Buckingham Palace who he is. He's going to live without understanding his identity. And this is what happens to Christians a lot of times. They get born again. They give their heart to Jesus, but they don't understand that they're now part of the family of God. They're now part of the royal lineage. And they're now part of the highest family in the highest celestial order. And that is the children of the redeemed. And so, without an understanding of this identity, what ends up happening is, you go back into sin. You go back living uh, under the things that Jesus set you free from. Paul says you are not under the dominion of sin. Of course, you have the story of Luke chapter 14. It talks about the prodigal son of Luke 15. John 15. Excuse me. <laughs> when it talks about the story of the prodigal son. The prodigal son was born with an inheritance and then decides to go blow it all. Goes to his father and says, Father, give me my inheritance. The father says, here you go. Goes out there, starts living, and ends up spending it all and finds itself, finds himself in a dump, in a pigsty, eating the slop of pigs. 
What happened? Why did the prodigal son deviate all the way back into living like that? This is an example of what it's like when you live, when you're born of God and you forget that you have an inheritance, when you forget who you really are, you start living under the beggarly elements of the world. That that prodigal son was still part and still had the uh, was still part of that his father's family. He was no less a son when he was living with the pigs as he was when he had the inheritance. But he was living away from his identity. Then he went to his father. He shapened up. And his father told him when he came back, I've been waiting for you, son. Here's a robe. Here's a ring. <clears throat> Welcome back to my family. This is about your identity in Jesus. When you don't understand who you've been made as a child of God, you will continue to eat with pigs. You continue to live in sickness, live in defeat, live in depression. Wake up every morning wanting to commit suicide. Go to bed every night wishing that you would not have to wake up the next morning. And that's not how he wants you to live. You are a child of the living God. And he wants to fill you with his Holy Ghost, fill you with his power, fill you with his authority. So that you can walk around every day with the joy of the Lord, the peace of God, the presence of God in your life. And you have the of God in your heart, making you a witness, causing you to go forward in the things that he said that you could go forward into, not doubting, not full of fear, not full of discontentment, not second guessing yourself about everything. He wants to fill you with his power. Hallelujah. There's no time to be angry at God. He loves you too much for you to be upset with him. He loves you too much to be uh, mad with him. He just wants you to see that he's your loving father. And he cares about you. Now, the reason we have this is because of Jesus. Because of his blood on the cross. Because of his sacrifice that he made for us. And that's why we rejoice in him. Now, before we go to break, I'm to remind you. www.amazon.com You can find my book, The Believer's Journey. Uh, just type The Believer's Journey or Chris Palmer and you'll find it. And we also have our services Friday, October 25th. Friday, November 1st, November 8th, and November 15th at 7.30 p.m. at the Hilton Garden Inn. We're live, 313-838-1035. Call in. I want to take calls here after the break. Stay tuned, and we'll be back.
WMUZ Detroit in crystal clear digital HD at 103.5 FM and from anywhere in the world at WMUZ.com. And we are back here on the Transforming Truth Radio broadcast. I had a chance to take some tea and straighten out my voice. I want to give a big shout out to one of my good friends who just tweeted me and told me that she was listening to or is listening to our broadcast, Janet Jackson from Brentwood, Tennessee. I tell you, she's one of my closest Twitter buddies, and she is a tremendous, tremendous encouragement in the Lord. And I want all of our listeners tonight, if you will, to visit her website, JanetJackson.com, J-A-N-A-J-A-C-K-S-O-N.com, Janet Jackson. She was just featured with Bishop Jakes, T.D. Jakes, and Oprah Winfrey on uh, one of their uh, Oprah's uh, television shows. Phenomenal recording artist, and she has a real heart for the things of God. So go to Janet's website. Shout out to you, Jana. God bless you. And uh, did that song bless you? Listening to that Christmas song, you know, people understand. The, these Christmas songs will come on you. All these songs are anointed. They, me and our, my board operator were talking about how there's just a majestic power that's behind those songs. And uh, that's why a lot of popular radio stations don't want to play those songs. Because there's an anointing and a power to break strongholds on them. So what I do now is around Christmas time, I set my Pandora station. Just go with it. Or 103.5, of course. Let's go to the phone lines. We have Nancy on the Transforming Truth broadcast. How are you tonight, Nancy? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you for calling tonight. Um, Pastor, I would like someone to agree with me um, for my parents. My mother's on hospice with Alzheimer's and she has cancer in the breast and lymph nodes, Mm -hmm. and my father has neuropathy, and he's about to go on hospice because of other problems with the lungs and many other things, and I can't get anybody uh, to agree with me because I'm only Christian in my family. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents have prayer cloths in their pillows, and I lost my father, who is an unbeliever, and he's freaking out. He has to have another one. Mm -hmm. So somewhere in there, he's you know, looking to be healed. <laughs> I will, we are going to stand with that. The Bible says that uh, healing is our inheritance. It's Isaiah 53, 5, 1 Peter 2, 24. But I'm, I'm here to stand with you tonight, Nancy, and agree with okay. you on that healing. Um, okay. The Bible says in Acts 19 that uh, prayer cloths were bought, brought to the Apostle Paul and special miracles were done through his hands. Yes. And you, uh, people do not have to die sick. All right. I agree. Amen? I agree. I'm trying to have that bulldog faith, you know, but I know mm-hmm. I can't have faith for them, but I can help their faith rise if I can by prayer and just praying with them. Mama, let me lay hands on her and then Amen. forget, you know. Yeah, I understand. Well, uh, she doesn't have to remember that healing power goes into her either way. But, uh, right. But, but I want to stand with you, Nancy, and I also want to pray for you because I, the Lord's showing me your heart right now, and I know that it can be a very discouraging, and I, I just see you. Let me just pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for Nancy. I thank you for the faith that she has. I hear the Lord saying, Nancy, do not be weary in well-doing, for in due time you shall reap your harvest. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, I first pray for my sister Nancy. 
I know, Father, her heart feels like it's been ripped out. I know she's been discouraged. I know, Father, there's times where she feels like she wants to throw up her hands and quit. But, Father, you have not given her a heart that quits. Your Bible says that God is the strength of our heart and our portion forever. I thank you, Lord, that you've given and you've filled Nancy with the power of your Holy Spirit. And in the name of Jesus, I pray, Father, for a supernatural touch of your strength to fill her right now. The Lord says that he's now strengthening and charging your faith, Nancy. Your faith, you feel like in the last several days your faith has been weak, but the Lord says that your faith is strong. In the times where you feel like your faith is the weakest, your faith is actually the strongest. And it's these times that God is going to be glorified in your life. And so God is breathing upon you fresh. You're going to wake up tomorrow, Nancy, and you're going to feel filled fresh with the Holy Ghost. You're going to have a fresh feeling and a fresh, you'll be carrying a fresh feeling in your life. And in the name of Jesus, I take authority over every sickness and every disease in Nancy's mom and every disease in Nancy's dad. And I take authority over that now in the name of Jesus. Father, I break the power of cancer. I break the power of Alzheimer's. Father, I pray for supernatural healing in their lives now, God. Stretch forth your hand and heal them by your power. In the name of Jesus, Father, I pray against every word spoken against Nancy that's brought discouragement to her father. Father, everything in her life that's produced fear, I pray for total peace in her family in the name of Jesus. And there's other family members that are close to you, Nancy. And yeah. uh, the Lord wants you to know that salvation's coming to your family. The Lord wants you to know in your children salvation's coming. He wants you to know that everywhere you turn, people in your family are going to be born again and be saved because He's heard your prayers and your prayers are important to Him according to Acts 16.31 and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house and so Father I thank you for it I pray that Father Nancy continue to be strong and fight that fight in Jesus name we pray in Jesus. Amen. Amen thank you so much Pastor I, I appreciate the word I needed to hear that and I'm just so glad that God gave you that word well Nancy you're very precious to him and you've been serving him a long time, and sometimes you feel that even in serving him that he doesn't hear you, but he wants you to know he hears you because uh, in there are times where, Nancy, I see you by the Spirit, you go to pray and you don't have the words to pray, but I want you to know he knows your heart, and you can right. be confident. He knows yeah. your heart. And, and there's a deception somewhere in your life that you feel that you're not praying the right things, and the Lord wants you to know that uh, he hears your heart, and your heart is always crying out to him, and he knows what you need even before you ask it. And don't believe Amen. it. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Pastor, so much. God bless you. God bless you, Nancy. Good night. Good night. We have Joy tonight. Joy, God bless you. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Chris? I'm doing wonderful. Good. I love to hear you um, preach. I just discovered you about a couple of weeks ago on WHMI. Oh. Or WMUZ, excuse me, WMUZ. <laughs> yeah, it's all the same, right? Sorry. <laughs> And um, I'm just fascinated with with you, you, the words that you speak, and I definitely am going to come and attend your four uh, workshops or seminars. Oh, wonderful. wonderful! Starting in October. But the reason I'm calling is I'm a born again Christian. I've been so since the age of five, and I'm almost 52. Mm-hmm. And about three years ago, um, of an unknown etiology, um, I um, came down with scoliosis in my back. I, I don't we don't know what caused it. And I also have a bulging disc in my lower spine which um disallows me to be able to stand straight or walk. I can't I, I like walk hunched over. 
and um, it's really humiliating, and, you know, I, I should be in the prime of my life, and mm-hmm. I've been praying and praying and praying and praying and praying for this and, you know, claiming a miracle in my life, and mm-hmm. and I just, you know, I know when two or more are gathered right. together, just as, as a previous caller mm-hmm. stated, God is there in the middle, and right. I just would like for you to pray for a miracle over my life. I'm just desperate at this point. I understand, and you know what, Joy? I want to tell you two things. First of all, you serve a God that does all things well. Absolutely. You serve a God that cannot fail. Absolutely. He's the mighty Jesus. Yes, he is. A hundred to nothing. He's never lost and never lost a fight. Right. And uh, let me say this to you. First of all, uh, when you say scoliosis, I was in Texas preaching one time. And a young man came and his spine was all twisted up and the Lord healed him of scoliosis. I was in uh, Italy preaching uh, several weeks ago, and when I started praying for people, I said, the hand of the Lord is over somebody's spine. Uh-huh. Someone's being healed. And a young man came up, and he said that his back was all twisted up. And when I said that, he felt the healing power of God, like a hand touch his spine, pull it up. And he said he felt his back straight now. Oh, and yes. so it said. It says in it says in Romans chapter two verse eleven that he is not a respecter of persons, right? And he loves you and he wants to heal you tonight. Now I know there's people that are listening and don't believe that, but that's okay. This is between me, you, and God. Amen. I believe it. I I know he's going to heal me. I I claim that. I receive that. I receive nothing other than that. And there is a fear you have in your life that you're not going to be healed, and the Lord wants to set you free from that. And when you get set free from that, you're going to see the manifestation of your healing. Okay. Okay. But God's going to do this in you. And I want you to come to my seminar. But I'm going to pray that you can come to the first seminar and testify that God healed your body right here on this radio show, okay? I would be, you, I would, nothing could please me more. Nothing. Right. I'll shout it from the mountaintop. Amen. Well, put your hand on your spine. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your mighty power. There's no need for me to have to even convince you to heal joy. She's your precious daughter. First, I take authority over every lying, foul spirit that's been lying to her, telling her that she's unable to receive her healing. There's been thoughts that come over your mind, Joy, that you'll be like this even up into your 70s and your 80s. And the Lord wants you to know those are lies that come from the devil. And in the name of Jesus, I command every lying spirit to shut its mouth right now in Jesus' name. I break the power of this fear over her. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the faith of God that's in Joy, that's rising up now. And Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name, I speak to her spine and I command it to totally straighten out in the name of Jesus. I speak to this disc in her body and I command this bulging disc to loose in the name of Jesus. And I speak total healing to her body, total healing to her back, total healing now in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would completely touch this spine. Straighten it out, Father. Father, I command all pain in this body to leave. Father, no more sleepless nights. No more waking up with shame. The Lord is setting you free of shame and setting you free from shame. And just like your name is joy, you will rejoice and you will live in joy and you will rejoice because God set your body free. He set you free from pain, set you free from disease in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for the love that you have towards joy. 
And I pray now, as even I speak these words over her, I pray that, Father, she'd feel the love of God come down her head, all the way down through her back, that she'd feel the warm sense of your healing power going through her back, going, Father, into that disc, going now down through her feet. In the name of Jesus, touch her now in the authority of Jesus. And I pray, Father, that as she begins to walk, as she begins to move, that that spine would straighten out, that that disc would go back to normal, Father. And I pray, Father, that she'd begin to walk completely new. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I receive every word you said. Chris, thank you so much. I I know what's going to happen. Now, here's what I want you to do, Joy. I want you to... Uh, today and tomorrow, just demonstrate your healing. I want you to uh, walk like you couldn't walk before, and um, you know, just receive it and just continue to walk that way. And you'll see. I believe you'll see that. You know, when we pray, I believe God's healing power goes into people. Absolutely. It's a Absolutely. real. It's a real power. It is a real power. And uh, you walk and believe that that's gone into your body and. Uh, and I want to see you at my service, and when I see you, we'll rejoice together. Okay, Joy? We will rejoice together because it will happen in the name of Jesus. Amen. And be, and be uh, I don't want you to see yourself as uh, that this is going to affect your whole life. See yourself now as completely different. You know, I teach many times on your consciousness and your imagination. Uh-huh. How you see yourself is how you will be. And that's why you have to identify with what Christ has done for you. And especially in your imagination, the way you see yourself in Him. And so I want you to pray, Joy, um, that when you're uh, praying tonight or whatever, that you ask the Lord to see yourself the way that He sees you and see yourself the way that He sees you. Because if you begin to see yourself the way that He sees you, you're going to see yourself totally healed. And when your, your body sees that, boom, you'll have that healing. Wow. Because I don't see myself in a very good light. I'm very negative of myself. That's what I'm telling you. I got yes. that when I was talking to you. You know, yes. as he is, so are you in this earth. But what, what the bridge between that is, you're going to be however you see yourself. That's okay. spiritual warfare. A lot of times we think is a battle between demons and angels. And you know, Jesus defeated every devil. The real battle is in your mind. Absolutely. So the real warfare is how your is your mentality, how you see yourself. Okay. And so if you see yourself negative, you see yourself, there's a, the Lord told me there's a fear that you have that you're not going to get healed. And I'm trying to work on this fear that you have. Um, and so I want you to pray tonight and make it your prayer. Lord, I just pray that I would see myself the way you see me. Give to me the spirit of wisdom and understanding and revelation, Father. And then pray in the spirit joy. Pray in the Holy Ghost and allow yourself to uh, spend time with his spirit and in his presence. And then over time, which won't be long time, you'll start to see yourself the way He sees you. And then, when that healing manifests, it can be maintained because you don't have a skewed view on how you see yourself. Because the real battle as Christians, is how, like I was just ministering on before we went to break, is how we see Him and how we see ourselves in Him. Okay. And so if you saw yourself the way He sees yourself, you'd see yourself completely whole and your body would get in line with that. Right. That makes sense. Amen. So, Amen. But, um, but Joe, Joy, we appreciate you. And uh, when you come to the services, make sure to introduce yourself. I won't forget you, okay? Oh, I, I certainly will. I cannot wait to meet you. I'm so excited. <laughs> Amen, Joy. Well, we, we love you, and God bless you, and we'll see you soon, okay? 
God bless you as well, Chris. Okay, be Thank blessed. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a wonderful night. You too, Joy. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're so thankful for people that call in and that support us and support our ministry. Uh, we're talking tonight about being born again. If you're listening to the radio tonight, you've never given your heart to Jesus, or maybe you're angry at God. Now I want you to pray this prayer with me. I want you to turn your life to Jesus. Give your heart to Him. Pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that I don't have to live in sin, in selfishness, in pride. I want to give my heart to Jesus. I may not understand everything about you, but that's okay. You know me, and you love me, and you want me to be born into your family. Jesus, save me. I believe you died and rose again. Come into my heart. Set me free. Devil, I renounce you and every sin that I've been a part of. Sin, you have no dominion over me. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now the next thing you need to do, friend, is find a church and get together with Christian friends and talk about the things of God. I want to remind you as well, our book, The Believer's Journey, on Amazon.com. The Believer's Journey. Go to Amazon and type in The Believer's Journey and Chris Palmer, and you can get your copy today. Also, Friday, October 25th, November 1st, 8th and 15th, Hilton Garden Inn in Novi, Michigan, It's a free event. Come, bring somebody. No registration required. We love you, friend. You can write to us, P.O. Box 403, Wall Lake, Michigan, 48390. P.O. Box 403, Wall Lake, Michigan, 48390. And we love you. We'll be back on the air next week, the Transforming Truth broadcast. I'll be live next week, 1215. We'll see you then. God bless you. Now that you've received the transforming truth of the Word of God, go deeper. Go to our website, chrispalmerministries.com, or log on to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash chrispalmerministries. Then partner with Chris financially at Chris Palmer Ministries, P.O. Box 403, Wald Lake, Michigan, 48390. And tune in again every Saturday night at 1215 a.m. For Transforming Truth with Chris Palmer on WMUZ 103.5 FM, The Light.